Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. I think I said that wrong. I am so sorry right now. I'm just going to apologize for the background noise. I am in a room close to the room that my baby's sleeping in. And our living situation, because where we are is not a permanent home. Um, we're in California, obviously, but so our apartment is like kind of small compared to our house and our house is already small. So there's that. But anyways, so I have to be in this room. It's the only room that's like quiet more so, but then we have the sound machine in the other room. So yeah, there's that. Anyways, so I'm going to apologize for the sound machine, but hopefully it's not too distracting for this podcast. Hopefully it kind of turns into like a white noise, hopefully. Uh, Yeah, so we are currently in California and living here. It's been fun. Not exactly sure how long we'll be here, but we're here. And it's been really, really fun. Different. California is much, so much different than living in South Dakota, for sure. There's so many things that are so different, but I guess that's a different podcast. Um, The California podcast, if you want to check that out, uh, feel free. But today, we are talking about church disappointment I don't know why this popped up in my mind, but I feel like many people experience this, including myself, and so I just wanted to chit-chat a little bit about it and kind of talk about, like, on the up-and-up side of church disappointment. Like, yeah, everybody goes through it, la-la-la, because people find out that people are people, people aren't God. And, um, and so everybody goes through it, I think. Yeah, I'm just gonna maybe make a blanket statement, but I think that people do go through it and, um, but the Lord gets you through it because people aren't God, you know, and I'm gonna kind of jump into that. It's kind of one of my points, but I'm gonna jump right into it because you may have if you have experienced it or somebody you know um you can share this with them but oh yeah please leave a review and subscribe that would be amazing um but let's just jump right into it so dealing with church disappointment um i've been there many people i know have been there and it's a real thing it's common you know and You know, it's probably not the first time I'm going to experience it because people are human and, you know, they're not perfect. And to put people in the place of God or to put people in the place of, like, perfect humans is just... We do it subconsciously. Like, I've done it when I, like, grew up Catholic, you know, and you just think that the priests are perfect. And, you know, I grew up... You know, I went to this, I went on a mission trip. I put that in quotations because I went to, um, into Washington, D.C. with the sisters, the Blue Sisters. I forget, uh, 
the Sisters of Calcutta, that's what it is. And so they were married, Mother Teresa's uh, sisters, like from her, uh, what is it? From her, whatever, they're from her, what's that called? Sector? No, I don't know. Regardless, they're from Mother Teresa's. They're like Mother Teresa's sisters, but they're in Washington, D.C. And I went and just kind of was like, searching out you know if I wanted to be a nun or whatever uh when I was super super well I don't know how to explain it but yeah I was searching I was asking God if this is what he had for me um and so when I was there you know I always thought like nuns and priests were perfect they had to be sinless all this and you know when I got there then I would be helping out the the sisters all the time, but like they were always talking about other sisters that I knew, like on the different level. Like there were different sisters that dealt with people from one level, and then they would talk about the other ones. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you know, like these women you know are so I so highly looked up to and I you know wanted to be I wondered if I wanted to be like them you know and then here they are talking about each other and so it's like uh I don't know maybe that was one part of disappointment like I I hoped that they were more than that you know just talking about each other anyways but it was like real housewives up in there except they were all married to Jesus. I don't know. You know what I mean? Okay, anyways. So, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, anyways, maybe that was one version of, anyways. Okay, moving on. So, my first point is God isn't your pastor and your pastor isn't God. And so, if you are putting, like, your pastor on this pedestal, that he is, like, what he says is God's word all the time. Like, he'll probably speak God's word a lot. And I'm not just saying scriptural, but I mean, like, he might prophesy over you and that might be something that the Lord is speaking over you and that's 100% true. But don't, even if he's, like, this most amazing person, don't put him in this position that he is infallible. You know what I mean? Like, Everything he says is absolutely perfect and the word of God. Like don't don't do that to yourself because eventually you might find out that he I mean, maybe, you know, you might find out that he isn't infallible, you know. That that he maybe makes mistakes, you know, and I think sometimes pastors don't want to admit that they make mistakes or that they're human. And some pastors do, and they'll openly say that they are human and that they make mistakes. But some pastors have a hard time with that, and they try to be this perfect person and this godlike figure. We're called to be like Christ, but we're not called to be Christ. Do you know what I mean? And so, so don't try to avoid that where you feel like he is otherworldly, like he is God himself. And maybe you would, 
of course, if you were, I were to ask you, you know, you would probably say, oh, no, my pastor is not God, you know. But, but in your heart of hearts, you feel like he is perfect and there's nothing he could ever do that's wrong, you know. And you just end up being a yes man to him. But no, like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't see him as 100% perfect. Like, and I'm not trying, saying trying to find fault in him. Love hopes the best. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, understand that they might make mistakes. And I'm not saying if he goes into an affair, oh, well, you, you know, that's what we're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about either. I'm talking about saying, like, he might say, like, oh, he's going to meet you somewhere, and then he gets caught up and he can't be there. Or I might be saying, I, I, there's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, the worst sin in the whole world, but what I'm saying is he might make mistakes, and that's okay. You know what I mean? And just know that God is God and he's the the one you need to go to for everything. And that your pastor is is kind of like a helper and like a mentor in your life. But he is not God. And everything he says is not God. You know what I mean? And so God is the one you go to. God is 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 your first source when it comes to your issues and your problems and, the, and your joys and your celebrations and the ones you look to. It's him rather than your pastor. Does that make sense? Okay, so when it comes to things that you've been disappointed by in church, like, you know, let's say... You really looked up to your pastor, but then they didn't give you the time of day at all. And they just didn't ever have time for you. Let's say something like that. Well, and that really disappointed you because you really looked up to them, that kind of thing. You really wanted to learn from them on a personal level and grow, but they just didn't have time for you. You know, um, that person like whatever that person did to you that pastor that mentor God didn't do that to you and I think sometimes we think because our pastor did something that hurt us God did that to us it was God that allowed that to happen but it wasn't God this person had free will and made that choice. You know, whether it was evil or just a misunderstanding on their part or just a lack of um, awareness or whatever it was. God didn't do that to you. So, so don't punish God for something that another human did. Because God loves you. And if it was God in that place of that person, you would never have disappointment at all. Does that make sense? So, so I think it's super important to make sure that in your heart, in your journal, in your mind, you're writing these things down and separating this person that hurt you in the church from God. 
And I think it's sometimes hard to do because you think God is in control or maybe you don't think God's in control. Maybe, you know, something else, your, whatever your opinion is, you know, what's that word again? I sound like Ariel. Um, starts with an S. Sovereignty. Whatever your opinion is on sovereignty, whether he's in control or he's not, whatever, whatever. I guess that's another deal, podcast. But my point is, it wasn't God that did that. It was another person. Okay? So, so allow yourself to ponder that and think about that and separate yourself or separate that person from God because if you if it God would always be there he's always there he's always willing to talk he's always reaching out his arm his hand he's always wanting to be there and to sit with you and to ponder life and to ponder his glory and to um, just be with you and love you there's never not giving you a time of day. There's never, whatever your hurt was, there's none of that with God. Does that make sense? So if you go to him first anyways, you're not going to have that disappointment anyways because he's there. Whether you feel him or sense him or not, he's there. There's no waiting in line. There's no making an appointment. There's no him passing you by, him not noticing you, none of that. He's always noticing you. There's never a line. He's always wanting to talk. He's waiting to, to, to speak with you. You know. Okay. Next. God is so good. And so just unfailing. His love is unfailing. I guess I kind of made that point already. But I just wanted to say it. Okay, next. When you have this church hurt or whatever it is, pastor hurt, people hurt, mentor hurt, let God touch all of your heart, every area of your heart. I think a lot of times when we've been disappointed by the church or people in the church or whatever, we sometimes want to distance ourselves from God and say no you did this you let this happen I don't want to talk with you I don't want to let you in I don't want to you know allow this to happen again it's kind of like relationships I mean obviously your relationship with God is a relationship but it it's 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 a human I feel like it's a human thing people guard or like put up guards in their hearts they guard their heart from people and not let them in because of hurt that they've experienced the hardest people have been hurt the most because they've been hurt over and over again you know so allow yourself to be vulnerable with God allow him just explain to him what that person did and let him in. Okay, you say he already knows. I get it. But 
that's not the kind of relationship he wants with you. Um, tyrant, overpowering person. That's not him at all. He's meek. He's gentle. Slow to speak and kind. He wants you to share what you went through like a friend. So allow him to touch every part of your heart, especially the calloused places and the places that have been hurt and wounded. Let, let him heal it. Whatever way that looks, if it means just speaking the truth over your heart, over you, and him speaking the word over you, let him encounter you, understand the truth and remember the truth about who you are and what you stand for and your value and your worth. And the price that was paid for you. Don't let anyone look down on you. Because your value is so high. Okay. When you let him touch you, your heart, touch you. When you let him touch your heart, every part of your heart. I think, I just see this picture of all the calluses like melting away. Yeah, okay. Maybe you need time. Maybe this isn't just like a one and done situation. Maybe it's over time. Maybe it's one and done. Maybe you have this crazy encounter with the Lord and then it's gone or whatever. And that would be amazing. And that is amazing. And it can happen. And sometimes it's just over time letting yourself heal and trust again. And r remind yourself that God did not do that. And that was somebody else's mistake. And, you know, and you can forgive them and move on, you know. But give yourself time. Don't expect to be how you once were before this happened, how excited you were about the Lord and excited you were about all the things that the Lord was going to do in the world and, and, and now, you know, whatever, whatever. But, like, remember that you can always, that, that time in your life is, just think about it. Like, you're still that person. Yeah, you've experienced disappointment or whatever, but like that excitement and joy and expectation in the Lord is still available to you because God is still that most amazing person you've ever met. And he's still so exciting. He's still waiting to go on all those adventures with you and watch your, your faith grow and your trust in him build, you know? And so still that person and you're still that wonderful wonder-eyed wide-eyed you know bushy-tailed wonder 
filled with God and filled with expectation and wonderment and who God is and who he's going to be in your life and what your life is going to look like and who you're going to touch and who you're going to see God touch and and what impact you can make and with God co-laboring with God that's all still available it's not gone it's not um now you're a different person now you're tainted now it's tainted now You'll never be able to achieve or you'll never be able to co-labor with God to make those things happen again. That's not true. You're still that person. Something happened where you lost sight of the truth. I once, my friend of mine once said, they listened to Damon Thompson, I think, and he talked about how every time you've experienced disappointment you received something from someone that you were never supposed to receive and I thought about that of all the times I've been disappointed from people in church or whatever and you were never meant if you think about like in the garden you were never meant to receive that disappointment or the sadness you were created in with none of that in mind so you weren't ever meant to receive that so don't receive it push back push it out it's not yours you weren't meant to receive that i don't know it just really impacted me for some reason in in the moment and I think I need to think a little bit more about it, but I just, I really liked that quote. Anyways, get into Jesus' presence. And maybe you don't want to, maybe you're pushing back, maybe you're like, I don't want to, after what happened, I don't want to get close to the God. But, but, but when you're ready, get into his presence. It's the most healing, safe place you'll ever be. His presence is the best place. To let all those disappointments and cares and frustration and wondering why and just stop thinking about why and stop think and start thinking about who Jesus and all you need to know will be given, but His presence will solves any problem. His presence makes everything right. No matter what you're going through, his presence is bliss. Spend time in his word. Again, I kind of touched on it before when you let him touch every part of your heart. Like, you're speaking things over you that are the truth. And his word is the truth. So when you spend time letting his word wash over you, you're only hearing the truth. And, and if you let yourself believe the truth, and you hear it, faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. You need to hear the word over and over and over and repeat it. There was a verse that's such a simple verse but it was really powerful for me. And it was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will guide your path. And so, yes, you probably heard that in middle school and Sunday school, I did, but it was something, I think it was the word, the verse of the day recently, and um, I felt the Lord say, memorize it and always keep it on your lips. And so I've been repeating it over and over and over again the past month, just thinking about that. And it's funny because, um, you know, there's been many instances where I've had to recite that. And it's like, no, I need to trust him. And this doesn't look like a good situation or doesn't look like it's the right thing. But I need to lean not on my own understanding. But trust in him and he'll guide our path. And so, um, the word of God will guide you in every area of your life. But it, it, it needs to be washed over your heart. It needs to be recited over and over again so that you can build your faith again maybe you lost sight of that because of the disappointment and you don't want anything to do with it but but when you're ready read the word maybe just a verse memorize it think about it meditate on it let the lord highlight things in that verse for you Get it in your heart. Say it out loud. Wash it over your spirit and your soul. Cleanse your soul so that your soul lines up with your spirit. So that your default is hope and joy and peace. And all the fruit of the spirit. It's critical, my friend. Um, get around people that can spur you on to Jesus. Um, this is really big, I think, in my time of disappointment from the church and church people and whatever, whatever. Like, being around, even when I wasn't wanting to read the word, even when I wasn't wanting to get into his presence, being able to be around people that love Jesus as my core group of people is everything. Because... Even if you're not wanting to do these things or you feel like you're not able to do them on your own because whatever you're feeling, the people around you don't know what you're going through or maybe they do and you've shared, but, but they're not dealing with what you've been dealing with. So let them continue to talk about how good he is and to pray with you and to spend time what they're spend time listening to what they're learning about and what they're listening to and and how they're growing and it will always spur you on to want to be with Jesus and hopefully it'll spur you on enough to want to be around him yourself and to get into his presence and to inspire you and to just fall madly in love with him afresh not like you did before, not like you were before, but new. You haven't lost anything. You're not tainted. You're not ruined when it comes to the Lord. You've grown, honestly, and you're new. 
and you're fresh. You've learned things that are hard, yes, but now you know. You know, you're not naive, for lack of words. You, you, you've grown in the Lord, and you know more now. And now you can grow into Jesus afresh, anew, completely different than you were before. It's like you have a new you. Not new year, new you, but like born again in a way. Like I felt the Lord speaking that over me the other day. Maybe he's speaking that to you. You're going to be born again when it comes to him and how you see him and your relationship with him. I mean, maybe that's why they say you're born again. Because everything is new and different. You don't see things the same way. Life looks different when you're born again. Okay, um, listen to sermons. I mean, that's a really simple thing you can do. Um, even if you don't want to be listening, if you're working, just have it on, you know, and um, have it in the background. And, and maybe the Lord will highlight something that will really impact you to, um, to love him brand new. Maybe something will catch your ear and catch your eye and and um you know it's all it's so funny like when I was growing up in the Catholic realm you know people don't always like going to church and um it's a little bit not as involved on your part uh as a person layman is what they call it so my I remember my mom saying you know if they just go to Mass, maybe they'll catch something, you know, or maybe it'll get on them or whatever. And it's like, okay, that was kind of lame in a way because you're not really involved when it comes to that. I mean, you there's I, I know people that will say Mass is super involved, and you are, and you can be. You can be really involved. You be very attentive. Um, it's supposed to be meant that way. I know that Mass is supposed to be an attentive and an interactive thing, but it doesn't always feel that way when you go. Uh, and so maybe when you're listening to a sermon, you'll just catch something, you know? Maybe something will stick. Okay. Um, next. Know that he was always and is always and will always be by your side. Be sure to trust your pastor again, but take your time when selecting them and don't put as much trust as God in your pastor. I kind of already touched on that. Let yourself be vulnerable and, and spit out the um, bones. Check up on the things that your pastor is teaching you. Maybe you need to not just take everything as infallible. And don't just take your word for whatever they are saying. Okay, I think that's all I have for you today. I hope this was helpful in any way, even if it's just one thing. Please subscribe and leave a review. And I will see you next week. Love y'all so much.